Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, the real podcast, having real conversation with real people. And I am Jones. What's going on, everyone? Man, we are back. We are back after 30 days and uh, maybe a couple weeks of uh, necessary, um, a necessary fast, man. I, I was away from social media Um and I had to quit podcasting, man, because at the same time, a lot of times when you're when I'm podcasting, a lot of the content I come with, up with is from social media. So I had to take a break from that. And, you know, we're back. We are back. TC, man, he's still uh, away. Uh, he'll be back soon uh, whenever he, you know, is, is when life. TC got a new job. Shout out to my brother, man. I, I do need to say that, man. Respect to him and his new job. And, man, along with other things that was going on in life, man, he... You know, he got a new job now, so that's even more responsibility that he has going on. So podcasting and this uh, free hobby that we do, man. So I had to, you know, give respect, man, but and continue on with the stakes is high, man. We're going to keep on moving and bringing that content. And when my brother's ready, man, he'll be back. You know, you can find the stakes is high podcast on all social media outlets that is uh, twitter facebook and instagram that says six is high podcast and if you want to email us or have any concerns or any uh, topics that you want to talk about you could uh yeah email us at stakes is high pod at gmail.com um yeah man that's that's i think that's it oh you can find us on um iHeartRadio, all the social, all the iTunes, podcasts, yeah, Stitcher. iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff, man. You can find us on most i um, podcast um, outlets. Yeah, just put in stakes as high, and you'll find us. You know, please, if you do go to uh, listen to on po- Apple Podcasts, please rate, subscribe, and do all that stuff. Share it with your family, man. Share it with someone this content, and we're gonna keep on pushing. I got my brother King K here stepping in. What's up, brother? What's happening? What's happening? What up, dog? Shit, man. Uh, I have to take a. I guess you can call it a mental break day today. Yeah, man. I hit you. That's when I called you. I thought you yeah. was gonna be at work. Nah, man. <laughs> I sat at the edge of the bed. Like, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like that, bro. I just been moving, man. And it's like going that. and going, and I'm just always yeah doing something. Yeah. And so, yeah. man, I woke up this morning and was just like, nah, mm-hmm. I can't do it, man. It's uh like I said, it's necessary sometimes, man. And I think that's why I took that break because there was a lot of noise and just like a lot of times I do it. I do it like once a year. I, I think you know that, man. I do. I take that break for once a year, and it was necessary, man, for me uh, to do that. And uh, I, I I tell people I do it for me, man. I try to have, and this is a conversation we're gonna have that I that I think is necessary. Um. But I do it for me, no one else. You know what I'm saying? What someone else does, if they can't do it, if they want to do it on how they look at things, is how they look at things. 
I do it for myself and what's best for me in that moment. And when I said I needed to do it, I needed to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man. So there it is. Yeah. And what was crazy is that I took the day off for work, but really, all I needed was a good hour or two. Yeah. It was yeah. just nothing. And that was enough, but I wouldn't finna say, fuck it, I'm going back into work now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you needed that time of just like. My brain get too cluttered, man. I yeah. got too much going on, and sometimes I I be um, I run from shit sometimes, and I and so I just put it into my work, yeah, and shit that I'm doing and shit that I got to do, and so I just stay busy on it. Mm. And shit, this morning it just felt like overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, it's just cut everything off, <laughs> be quiet for sure. No for TV sure. on. Just I was just in the room and just laying yeah. there. Yeah, man. I think, uh, I think, man. I think a lot of times, man, when we, um, when we do a podcast, you know, what I mean, uh, when we, when we, when we give ourselves to this, to this mic, a lot of times, man, we, uh, you know, we, we, we give a piece of our life. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And sometimes, even in that moment of you having to take that two hours, like. That was a moment for yourself to be able mm-hmm. to be like, yo, I have to have this for myself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I do that with the show, bro. Like a lot of times with this show, I try to stay. I try to stick. I mean, because a lot of times, man, I want to have fun. And I, I have fun when I come to y'all show. I come over mm-hmm. there and, you know, get some drink and, you know, talk shit or whatever, things like that. Or there's times I want to talk about current event shit. But like I try to stay true to the lane that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And even with doing that, bro, a lot of times. I'm very careful on the content that I divulge of still being having myself separated from the show. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So in my imperfectness or my dad or whatever I am, you know what I'm saying? And my relationships, I try to keep that sometimes separate, but sometimes it is involved in the show. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of times I got to and that's tough because sometimes you just want to get in this motherfucker and be like, Guess yeah. what the fuck happened? That's why we got that Patreon. <laughs> but we've been yeah. no, we. It, if I couldn't do that, I like me personally. I have to. I have to be able to insert my life into the podcast. I wouldn't yeah. be able to do the podcast if I if if I couldn't do that. Yeah, and that's you, you know? guys' lane. Yeah, and that's why I love yeah. coming over to your side sometimes because you're able to do that. But me trying to stick to the lane that we're in mm-hmm. and that I've kind of that concept of creating. Like man, I always looked at it. Someone asked me the other day. I was like, man, I try to, I try to treat, I try to, I try to look at the stakes as high as almost like sixty minutes. Like sixty minutes gives you all these different topics, and then they'd be like, all right, let's let's talk and have these conversations. And that's what I've tried to create this show for. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are a little bit more transparent on what's going on in your life. That's why I mm-hmm. love coming over there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you know y'all got three people that's able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, along with me and TC. Sometimes it's kind of it'll be. You know, it's a little it's a little harder to kind of go have that lane that you guys have. You know what I'm saying? So. Y'all podcast is mainly like having the conversations you didn't know you needed to hear, and that's and that's what I like doing. Yeah. Or having a guest, and we're gonna get back to that. Yeah. That's able to talk about their book or talk about whatever mm-hmm. it is. So that's the lane that I try to I try to stay in, man. So, but man, I wanted to talk about something that was uh kind of kind of to what we saying, bro. Um, I was talking to a homegirl, and I would never say her name. Um. But she had a kid and the father has never really been in her life. Uh, the kid's young now, um, 
two or three or whatever. And uh, the kid is the kid is never really had a relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. And um, before we go there, let me ask you something. Let me ask you a question. When someone is telling you a story, especially if it's relationship based, do you listen to it if it's your homie or not? No, if it's your homie, do you just listen to it and be like, all right, yeah, that's that's what happened. Or do you always be like, hey, what's the other side of the story? Definitely what's the other side. <laughs> yeah, me too. Definitely what's the other side. I need to know. I need to know. Like, because sometimes somebody will tell you some wild <laughs> shit. And your first, my first thought is going to like, what happened before that? Like, what made them even say some shit like that? Like, what was happening? <laughs> or there's some people who just create some shit in their head and be like, how did you come up with that shit? Like, what? Like what's the other Okay So anyway When the homie was When she was telling me this Right So throughout these conversations Like I think it's very I think it's not It's non-trusting It's non Like So as a friend And as someone who is uh, A person that Like the responsibility of a friend A lot of time is To a person who can come in And they can tell you something They can vent to you And you're supposed to be The support system And Try to try to comfort them or mm-hmm. call them on their bullshit right mm-hmm. hold them accountable hold them accountable right yeah so within that you can never just be like i need to hear the other side you can never say that because that's going to call them a liar mm-hmm. now what you can do is ask important questions to try to possibly get to the other side mm-hmm. you feel me like mm-hmm. you can be like all right well well why do you do that or why'd you say that? Mm-hmm. And then more and more start coming out, then you kind of can gauge, you know, whichever way. But anyway, one question I always ask is, did they say them exact words? <laughs> like I always ask that. Like, did they say them exact words? And mm-hmm. you'd be surprised by how many times a person would be like, I think so. Yeah. So are you saying what you saying based off how you felt and that's how you heard it? Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. did they actually say? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, they, I've kind of, I shouldn't say I've been there from the beginning, but kind of, you know what I mean? In and out and just kind of understanding. So anyway, the father really hasn't been there. And, um, I guess to make a long, a, a long story longer, short, whatever. Basically what she has done, she has made sure she has made sure that she's kept a paper trail of the things the father said hasn't done like opportunities that he could have been a part of the kid's life she's done that regardless if it's court papers all the way down to text messages she has kept a paper trail of that in a folder to say, hey, I always want my son to know that I was not the one who kept him from his father. So as a friend, I say, huh? I say, do you think that's truly necessary? I said, because you're Okay, scratch. What do you feel about that? <laughs> All of this shit sounds fucking weird. And I, it, okay, in order to keep 
in order to keep documents, because pretty much it just there's a folder of flaws. That's really what it is. You can open up this drawer and that you got a folder of all flaws. There's nothing good about me in these in these documents. Mm-hmm. It's all my flaws. But the fact that you have to keep that, I feel like. Some's like let's dig into you, bitch. No, this your friend. Now I won't call her bitch. But like, what's going on with you that you feel like you need to keep this document when all you simply need to do is just tell the truth? So okay, so I looked at it different, right? I never looked at it as a, a photo of flaws because at the end of the day, we could say that's what it is. Yeah. However, uh, his actions have not countered the flaws. Based off me asking questions, I didn't just take her word for granted. I was like, yo, let me ask questions. Did he do this? How about this? What about this? What about that? And homie really has not fought for his son. And that's fine. That's fine. This happens. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So what I'm yeah. saying is I never really looked at it as flaws. I looked at it as being one petty. And that's a whole nother conversation we're going to talk about. I looked mm-hmm. at it as petty. I looked at it as a waste of energy. And I looked at it as a waste of time. I said, because, and I tell her this, I said, hey, why would you spend your time and energy continuing to have to keep this paper trail off what your perspective is Mm -hmm. for this, for your son to get old enough to be able to say, daddy ain't here. He's going to know regardless, right? Mm -hmm. I said, he's going to be able to say, Dad was not here or dad is here. The kids are going to see it, dog. So everything you said is true. That it's it's all those things. It's petty, wasted time. These are all the the physical ramifications of it all. But like let's get to the emotional state of it all. What you really are doing is you want your child to look at this man the way that you do. It's the same way if you say, "Hey, he was like, "What's my dad like? I have a book for you." Yeah, yeah. it's a fo- It's a it's a book of flaws. This is all this man is. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, why, why are you keeping this? Like, when do you plan to show this to your child about his? Well, that's father? what I asked that, and I like, said, I said, I, I asked that. I said, I said, well, when do you plan on showing that? She says, if I am ever questioned, questioned on, I kept him from him. If I'm ever questioned that I, I wasn't allowing him in his life she was like this is for me and i said i said i said that sounds good and all i said at the end of the day regardless if we look at any of this however we want to look at it right Mm -hmm. i said you're still allowing him to have a piece of your energy because you are keeping this folder that is a physical documentation of everything he's done to you he still has somewhat control because you're allowing this folder to be here to still affect your emotions i said you gotta let that shit go you gotta let that shit go burn that bitch up because the the kid at, here's the thing bro kids when it comes down to kids and this is going to be a deeper conversation i want to get off the, i just kind of use this as an example to, to mm-hmm. kind of segue into what i want to talk about Bro, kids are going to see, kids will eventually see that there's a a mother who's not there, a father who's not there. Mm -hmm. They will see poor relationships based off the person's actions. It happens. What, what, okay, so if that's the scenario and how it plays out, right? 
and she's like the day that he comes to her and he's like you kept me from my father mm-hmm. and she's like no i have this whole bible like a like that, a movie and shit. yeah <laughs> i have this whole bible of how he didn't want to see you yeah. what she's not doing is acknowledging the emotional pain that he's going through at that moment and she's going to make it worse by dumping this on him because she's not She's not validating his pain and his hurt. The only reason he's saying this mm-hmm. is because he's in a state of hurt. And right something now. caused that. Yeah, he's in a state of hurt. So you giving him this Bible of flaws is not gonna change the way that he feels. Yes. You know. So you just get you Yeah, like you threw you threw me alive. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so skip all that. I don't want that's that's just the, the, the introduction of what Okay. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything we just talked about. And I was just I, I had this thing and I was looking at everything we looked at, regardless of, you know, some bullshit. Just if, if it happens to you, some things were said about you. Da, 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 da. I was like, all we have in our life is our perspective. Mm-hmm. Our perspective is the only thing we have like it. Your perspective will decide Everything, because here's the thing: everything happens to you for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everything you can go out to this, you can go outside, right? And seven year old throws a ball and hits you in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fucking that nigga up. I don't like getting hit in the back of the head. <laughs> seven year old, I'm gonna kick your ass. Nah, with a baseball. With a baseball. With a baseball. Oh, that even, that's gonna hurt. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Oh, I'm gonna fuck this little but, nigga but, up. <laughs> I don't like it hitting back in Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. However, I get it. Okay. however, right? You look and you see it's a seven-year-old. You're going to be like, your perspective is going to be like, this little dude suck at baseball. Tell your son to stop playing baseball. He needs to know better, right? <laughs> Same scenario. You walk outside. It's a grown-ass man out here playing catch, and he hits you in the back of the head. Be like, man, you did that shit on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> It so, depends on how fast he started apologizing. But my first thought is, nigga, you hit me in the back of the yeah, head on purpose because yeah. you know I don't like getting hit in the back of the He's head. Stupid. You don't even know me. You don't even know but me. You know, you know that. that, I, that that's why you, he may have listened to the <laughs> yeah. show. No, I don't like me. <laughs> but anyway, man, my, my point of that is basically like on how you percept, how you perceive things, right? And I was just like, everything we have is like the only thing we have in our life. Like the thing, one of the main things we control. In our life is our perception. That's all we have. And it's based off everything that we do is based off how we perceive it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you and I can be put in the exact situation. Mm -hmm. Two different human beings put in the exact situation. Mm -hmm. You can perceive it one way. I can perceive it. And that's what life has been about, bro. Like, and that's when I kind of looked at it. And I I, I told you the whole full story. And I'll let you go. But Mm -hmm. I told you the full story is basically... You're altering this kid's perception based off this book that you created. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. And I'm like, hold on, man. Like, don't allow that to happen. He's going to see if homie's a good dad or Mm -hmm. a bad. He's going to see it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you give him the support to help him deal with the emotions of homie not being there. She might be dealing with some own, her own insecurities of feeling like not sure. a good enough mother. For sure. Something. something. I don't yeah, know. I was kind of like, that's own. deep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's little... But go ahead, man. My bad. Um, no, nah, perception. That shit is real. And, man, what's crazy, the first time that I really 
recognized that was um, in a book I was reading. I want to say it's the Four Agreements. It may not be the Four Agreements. Great I cannot book. remember which book it was that I read. But the way that he painted it, right, mm-hmm. was you'll walk into a movie theater, right? Let's just say it's four of y'all. It's you, uh-huh. your mother, your father, your brother, sister, whatever. Okay. Y'all all have y'all own movie theater. Mm. And in each theater, it's the story of your life. Mm-hmm. Right? You walk into your movie theater, you sitting there, you watching it, and you be like, yeah, that's exactly how she looks. That was exactly how all of that shit. And then all of a sudden, your mother or your brother or father, they come in from their movie to your movie, and they sit next to you, and they're watching. They be like, that's not how I said that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can, you can play the same scenario and go to each person's theater, and that scenario is different yeah. for each person. Yeah. And once I, I remember reading that man, and like that shit, it, it put some shit really into perspective for me, man. Like I wasn't able to hone it then. I was it just planted a seed of like, man, everything I think it is ain't probably what it is. <laughs> yeah. Just because I think yeah. that that's what it is, that's probably I'm probably completely wrong, and yeah. I need to have I need to start having more conversations about stuff instead of just running with what I think that it is, and now I'm moving based off of what I think that it is, but I never even had a conversation yeah. with the person yeah. that I'm moving around. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. so, nah, nah. Perception. And that's happened to all of us, right? Like, yeah. someone has perceived something we've done, something we've said, mm-hmm. and they take their insecurities and say, this is what they meant, this is what they did, and this is how they said it. And then they talk to you, you be like, nah. Yeah, it, the way you just said that is exactly how it go. This is what they meant, and then they keep replaying it until it turns into this is what they yeah. say. <laughs> like and what? Like, I didn't nah, say that. I never said that. <laughs> like, huh? I didn't even know about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, oh, so I got like, um, so you're right, man. It's like it, it, it really can alter your life. So like, I got a frat brother, man. Shout out to Tion, man. And Tion, he's one of these dudes who 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 sees the silver lining and everything mm-hmm. right and I, I we were talking about perception and we were just talking it started off with uh the will smith and the chris rock thing right mm-hmm. like everyone has an opinion based off of perception of how they seen it or how they would mm-hmm. deal with it but anyway it started off there and he was just saying like all his decisions that he makes in life he created this he created this concept in his head and says he created this concept of five He's like, it sounds corny, man, but this is what I look at it like. He said, I look at it like I have my wife, myself, and my three kids. He said, that's mm-hmm. five. He says, if something happens to me that does not affect them, uh, uh, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He says, I have a... He, he created these like three concepts of five. And he was like, if it does not affect any of those things, why do I need to respond or to react? Mm-hmm. And he's like, if it doesn't affect that... I don't you know I don't care you know what I'm saying yeah and I think he's just always been like he's always like man I could tell him a scenario he'd be like and I you know people use optimists and pessimists in this kind of conversation but he's Mm -hmm. always been the person to see the silver lining now that can be I told him like yeah majority of the time that can be successful but there's times to where you can get abused you can get yeah that's what I told him you can get abused because I'm the same way 
like, and my brother told me that shit, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into the details of the conversation, but he was just like, bro, like, you are very emotionally intelligent to the point where sometimes you're just too understanding and compassionate about things that you need to turn up on. You trying to understand the motherfucker? No, you need to turn up a little bit because you keep trying yeah. to. Like and people gonna know that you're this understanding, compassionate, empathetic person, and they'll abuse that. Yeah. And yeah. Like sometimes you, if you shitty, quit holding it down just to try to understand this person. Mm-hmm. Show them that you fucking pissed off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I think I, I lean on that too, man. A lot of times, like even just like with I've had situations like where I tried to take the high road mm-hmm. and it really bothered me. And really, like, in a, in, a, in a lot of times, man, if a person don't see, like, or know your true story or don't really know the true you, mm-hmm. they take that as weakness or they think it's yeah. like, oh, he's a nice guy or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And really, they don't know what the fuck you've been through. Mm-hmm. Like, if I guess if you don't cuss enough, if you don't call him a bitch enough, they, t- they take it as a weakness. Mm-hmm. So and I, and I think, like, a lot of times that I have, like, walked away from situations and been like, damn, I should have said that or I should have responded that way. However... I've taken on like this perception, the, the how, like my perception of it, like is it worth it? Do I need to get that person that kind of energy? Mm-hmm. Like, th- fuck, they ain't worth shit to me anyway. But mm-hmm. sometimes you gotta like damn near, like you know, like slap a motherfucker to let them know like that shit <laughs> yeah. hurt, don't it? Yeah, that shit hurt, don't it? Keep my yeah. name out your motherfucking mouth, <laughs> like it, you know what I mean. Sometimes yeah. you may have to do that because if you don't, they're going to continue to do it. Not only that, I think the hard part with that is if, like, we end up in situations where we're being empathetic and understanding and all of those things, mm-hmm. but then when we walk away and we still kind of feel yeah, a little yeah, disgusted yeah. inside a little yeah, bit, yeah, I think that's yeah. when it's not healthy for us. Man, it's been a that's cu- when we need to express ourselves. <laughs> there's been a couple situations as a well, there's one situation as of recently, mm-hmm. and there's been a couple couple in the past that I've done that, and I always go back and be like. Oh, that bothers me like yeah. I should have and you yeah. can never go back yeah. but now you just prepare yourself like for that situation like it ain't gonna never happen again and there's been a situation that happened recently and mm-hmm. we talked about it I'm, I'm, I gotta say something bro cause I'm like god damn man like you know like like I can't you know what I mean like but anyway that's 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 neither here nor there but um, I think again going back to the conversation of perception I think that's like that's all we have man like I think a lot of times on how we perceive things along with our maturity has basically kept us safe, kept us out of jail, or we haven't been safe in some of the situations, you know, how I perceive the way we perceive things, or it may put you in jail, you know what I mean, or kill you, or mm-hmm. that's, that's just a, that separation of that, bro, so. I think once you get out of, once you're able to get out of your own box, you'll be able to have... Um, better perceptions right so like like you saying we all just have our own perception and stuff mm-hmm. but I think once you reach a certain um, emotional maturity level intelligence or whatever yeah, you're, I'm able to not only have my perception of it but I can have yours too okay you know what I mean like I can have as soon as I say something and I do something and you tell me I can see exactly why you feel the way that you feel. I got you. You dig what I'm saying? Like I can see exactly why you feel. Even if I don't agree. Yeah. Like I see exactly 
where you're coming I see your perception You know what I mean It's not just <laughs> mine And I'm just sticking To my perception yeah. I'm trying to convince yeah. you To yeah. see it the way I see it and, yeah. But I think once you Once you Man shout out to Anthony He does that all the time Loki sometimes it pisses me off I'm like bro You are just trying to You trying too hard To create you understand now Like no, nah, bro That shit wrong <laughs> Yeah shout out to Monday man <laughs> But uh, I think that's when you get uh, It gets you can have healthier conversations and debates or whatever it is. Yeah, man. You, you know what's you know what's helped me, and I'm gonna just be raw with it. Mm-hmm. What's helped me a lot of times, and what's got me over to like stressing over not that shit that just don't matter, mm-hmm. or the opinion of someone has over me. Sometimes you gotta check it. Like, yo, keep my name out your mouth. I'm tired of you. What is what is up? Keep my name out your. Sometimes you have to do that, but other times you can just say like, at the end of the day, people have their opinion based off what they think or what they perceive of you but at the end of the day you're not perfect either and i'm not perfect so if you take it my my flaws and my non-perfect self in trying to boost your self-esteem have fun but this is the thing that's helped me with that and i had eric on the show a long time ago regardless if this is his truth or not he has this art of not giving a fuck mm-hmm. again if that's his truth, that's his truth. If not, not. But the, mm-hmm. the way I've taken his concept of the way he looks at things, and Eric Dizzy, that's what I'm talking about. His concept of not looking at the way he's just like the art of not giving a fuck. Shout out to Black Widow Podcast, too. I've been seeing that. I've, been, I've heard other people just talking about it randomly. I'm like, that's dope. I, yeah, I know the nigga that do this shit, man. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to man, that, he man. Got a new, doing, man. I just was featured on a new crime. He started a new crime podcast. He going to win. He gonna win with that Cause that's what I listen to man, Nigga they be winning Bro you gotta li- I'm, I'm featured on one He just very dropped it's, it's pretty cool man um, It's his first one But uh, anyway um, I did the show with him And it was like I have started to have The I've been able to adopt The art of not giving a fuck mm-hmm. Because Listen bro You ain't hurting my money You ain't hurting My family You ain't hurt none of that You just gotta Uh your opinion based off your small circle of people your tweet your whatever your little life is hey man have fun Mm -hmm. and I don't care and that's one of the things like I have been able to continue to move and be like because once a thing man once you start having you're never going to be able to compete with the opinion of what people have of you you're never going to win Yeah, because they love you today not only that, it's just if they if a motherfucker don't like you, they like it's motherfuckers that, that are coming to a room, be like, I don't like that motherfucker. Now let me find all the reasons why. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like so. I mean, no matter what you do, they're yeah. gonna try and find a way to fucking not like you, and they're gonna have valid reasons because nobody is perfect. Yeah. So they can always hang their hat on your flaw yeah. to say. Yeah. That's why I don't like you, and that's the you know, and that, and, and, and that shit right there is like ugh. because no one are you perfect? No one's perfect, right? So anytime mm-hmm. I can sit here and have a conversation about about you, right? Me knowing you, me knowing your story, me knowing hanging out with you, me and no people to hang out with you, I know imperfect shit that you have that you have not shared have, to the world. Yeah, yeah. Or even if you have shared it to the world, guess what? I can hold on to that and say, mm-hmm. yeah, his non perfect self. Yeah. Look in the fucking mirror, dog. <laughs> Bruh, it's, it's, 
Look, yeah, man. I've been I've been a victim of it before. <laughs> I've 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 been held to such a, a a perfect standard before, and I've also been the person that has held somebody to a perfect standard before. I but never I have, know, man. I knew that it was Ooh, me. Segue into my next conversation. Go ahead, go ahead. I knew that it was me going through something, you know, and so I expected this person to be these things. Yeah, and it really was just me and 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 my fucked up shit. You know what I mean? I needed yeah. this validation and I needed all of these things uh-huh. from this person. And I always tell people like, yeah, you say nobody's perfect like a cliche, but the way that you respond to my imperfections let me know you expect me to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so and a lot of times it's not you it's not that you it's is you going through your insecurities. Yeah, I'm going through my own shit, so yeah. I'm expecting you to Yeah. You know, I think I've I, I've never held anyone to perfection um, because I think it's because of like like faith, like religion. Like mm-hmm. I always knew like we all have flaws and I knew that no one was perfect. And I think that's why I've been able to forgive easy, sometimes mm-hmm. too easy. Sometimes I'm like, like, yeah, man, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm a man. Men should be able to be like, all right, bro, chop it up. We good, dog. We talked about it. We hash it out. We threw punches. We yeah. fuck you, fuck you. Okay, we good. And I've been able to forgive easy because I've never held anyone to a high standard of perfection. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because I have flaws. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I hope you forgive me, bro. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, I think that's why I've always been able to, been able to forgive. But going to what I was going to say, segue into the conversation, man. Being a father, right? Mm-hmm. And we both we both are fathers, man. And we I think we both pride ourselves on being dads. We I think we give our life for our kids. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? When and I don't think I don't think I've reached it yet. And maybe you haven't. When have you? Do you think? Do you think your kids? Do you think your kids think you're human yet? Because, dad. I, I don't think I thought my dad was I thought my dad was dad and I didn't know he was human until he had into adulthood even though I knew he had flaws even though I knew he fucked up mm-hmm. he still was not human to me dog I was just like that's my dad and then finally he had an adult conversation with me one time and my dad admitted to me that he was going through financial shit and he had he had to go and this is adulthood bro i didn't even mm-hmm. know he was like he admitted to me that he had to have he had to go through bankruptcy i was like what and he like had a time of like vulnerability in that moment mm-hmm. like any other time i've never seen it even in his flaws do still t- stick their chest up like yeah no i cheated so what nigga you know what yeah. i mean or like yeah, you know, even if you ain't got a hey, dollar, man, I'm gonna get it together. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I fucked up, but I'm, hey, don't, yeah. you don't worry about it. You gotta worry about it, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. But when he told me that, I heard that, I heard that point of where he was like, it was, he was vulnerable. There was nothing he can do in that moment but say, yeah, I had to. He had to file for bankruptcy. I was like, for real. And he started telling me about it. I was like, this nigga's human. Mm-hmm. Like he's like everyone else, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think my son sees me as human yet. He's nah, eight. He's not. Yeah, he's yeah, not. yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, man? What do you, <laughs> man? Um, I'm gonna say no, but have you ever thought about I, that though? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought about that when I was going through that shit with my middle one. 
you know but if 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 anything i would say i think she's the one who is the closest to seeing me as human Mm. because she has she has a lot of um she has some emotional shit going on with her you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like emotional issues with her and 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 some other shit going on with her that i she had just reached a point where i guess it just got too much for we had a fucking terrible time at that time and um she's back now and she's good and she's healthy and um i'm able to have adult conversations with her yeah and it feels like she gets it but I, only reason I say that I think that she might be the one to start seeing me as human is because there was a situation that had happened and she texted me and she was just like, I just don't want you to end up being hurt. Mm. And so for her to say that, I had to look at it like, that she, means she, she acknowledges that I have feelings. You're not Superman anymore. <laughs> yeah. Superman don't have that feelings. I have Superman feelings. don't get hurt. Superman, like, I think a lot of people, I'm glad it happened like that instead of seeing you get knocked out. In the middle Bruh. of the street. <laughs> Think of just the way your kid found out you're human, bro. You get knocked the fuck out. Man, <laughs> Ain't no that coming would back. Be... Oh no, we gonna find this nigga. Y'all riding with me? Yeah, the y'all riding with me. We finding this nigga. You got to get your get and back. I'm like, yeah, and y'all gonna watch how I do. Nah, nah, he man. snuck me, baby. <laughs> they gonna be like, nah, y'all. You threw a couple punches first. <laughs> but nah, my man, go ahead, bro. Nah, that'll be the worst, man. That's, oh man. But in reality, though, my kids really do think I can fuck up anybody. Yeah, that- they really do feel like I can fuck up anybody. Oh, uh, like, you're not they- human then, huh? You're not human yet then. Probably not. Once they know, like, like I think they like that. Like if their their go to is like, you don't want to see my daddy, man. Don't I, don't tell dad because he don't. I don't like. So in their mind, they like daddy's gonna hoax shit. That's what they tell me. He's gonna hoax it. Oh, uh, you're not human yet. Because mm. my son thinks I can probably beat the rock up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> dad can do it. But what's crazy is <laughs> dad super No, the fuck, I, I'm not. I'm, I think that I would. I think that I would end up being a little fucked up at the moment that I realized it when they say we like, nah, dad, I think I think the rock would beat your ass. That I'm gonna be like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, when did the change happen, yo? <laughs> when did wait, y'all leave that? Yeah, when did the change? Yeah. I'm still, I'm not, I'm because right now, you know, it's stupid. It, you get to ride that high, but yeah. like I'm the number one guy yeah. in yeah. that life, and if, yeah, if anybody else yeah. in this world. Don't fuck with me like that. These these little motherfuckers right here, they they hold me up so high, and that gives me motivation to be the best version that I can be because I don't yeah. want them to. I don't want the, the shift to change off of some fuck shit I did. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think like me, you know, all jokes aside, like my goal is to be like, um, being a provider. I never want to see him be like damn daddy didn't give us we couldn't get bread like I never want him to ever see that even though my struggle of like you know like whatever it may have been like I never want to see him I want him to go as long as he can to see that I was human in that aspect and I want him to understand I want him to be able to 
I want him to not realize it till he be able to praise that shit. Like, damn, dad, you human as hell. You was you was taking care of them bills, dog. I'm glad you did it the way you did it. You know what I'm saying? And that's usually when they start struggling with bills or some shit like that. But man, I don't. I I, I want to go as long as I can to not be human in that aspect. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Although it's a reality, but I'm just saying like I don't ever want him to be looking like. Damn, nigga, you ain't buy no food. You couldn't pay the bills. You couldn't pay. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. ever want to be that way, bro. I don't ever want to be that. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, man, I just wanted. To, I, I, I was. Uh, I was listening to. I can't remember what I was listening to, man, and it was talking about fathers when their kids realize that they're human, man. I was like, that's hilarious, man. What did your kid realize you're human? <laughs> man, it took. I think, man. I still. It took maybe until last year year before last before I looked at certain situations with my moms and I had to hit her up and be like hey yo like I made life a little hard for you and I didn't really and and like you done some real shit as a parent that I never acknowledged like I never I never looked at it like that and one of the things was like um when when my wife got pregnant the second time mind you the second time we're still in school mm-hmm. we're still in high school <laughs> her her dad brought her up from georgia and dropped her off at the house and he got back on the highway and went back to georgia dad yeah and he dropped her off at my at my house and my mom took her in mm. Her, what, maybe 16, 17 year old son, now second baby on the way, then took in his girl while she's pregnant and all of that shit. Mm -hmm. And at the time when it was happening, of course I wasn't looking at it like what, like the mental strain and everything that, like, like, and then, you, like, what it took for you to be able to do that for... That's huge, bro. For my girl, for... Because my, my old lady, her mother lived here. Mm. She lived in the city still. But even when... But you, he, he, did it, he did exactly what I probably would have did. But you I'm, know... That nigga keep getting you pregnant, I'm dropping you off at that nigga house then. But yeah, and you know what, man? When you... Even in the beginning of this conversation, you know what I mean? We've had a show about your mom before, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But even when you just said that, I was like, damn, shout out to mom. You know what yeah, I mean? Because, man. I mean, she didn't have to do that. She didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? She didn't, man. And and I was looking at it. I wasn't looking at it like uh, with, with so much gratitude of like, thank you for taking in the mother of my children and all of that shit. I'm looking at it like, man, my pussy live here now. This is, <laughs> you know, and I'm lo- like, I, I, I really wasn't taking that shit in and, and what that what that was doing to my mom's mental and shit because my mom is still just trying to fucking get by and raise her kids the best way that she could you know and now yeah this nigga then got his baby mama up in this motherfucker with they kids and shit she pregnant with one he already i got one in the bassinet and she pregnant with one and now mm-hmm. like i wasn't thinking about none of that shit and so um i hit her up man and i was just like man thank you like i was really emotional about it but i'm just like i never like i put a lot on you 
that I was I just wasn't thinking about you or but, your feelings. But you know what? That's something kind of like what I said, right? Like mm-hmm. even with my goal of Tice, like um, regardless of what me and Shell does with him, uh, like I want to make sure one day he calls me and says, "Pops, mom, you know, mom, dad." Hey, I know y'all sacrificed. I know you did whatever you did. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like throughout all my imperfections, her mom, his mom's imperfections, whatever we went through, we shown him that he did not see this struggle or whatever. Like you said, your mom, like you had to do with your mother, bro. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge, man. Like you didn't even notice that until you got old enough to be like. Damn. Once I start going through it with my middle one, <laughs> there you go. That was what it was. Once <laughs> I start go. going through it with my middle one, and I'm yeah. telling myself, and I'm like, yeah. man, I ain't never do no shit like this to my mama, and I ain't yeah. never. And, then, and I'm sitting there, and I'm saying to myself, like, but I probably fuck? did do some shit <laughs> yeah. that wouldn't like. I didn't think about her. You know what I mean? I ain't think about her and her feelings or like yeah. you moms and shit. This is what you're supposed to do. Like this is this how yeah this was supposed to be. But one thing that I learned from that as well is like when we when we're doing everything that we can to make sure our kids don't see that side of life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when we're sacrificing it and all of that shit. We're not going to them every day. Like you know what I had to do to get you yeah. this. You know we're not doing none of that shit. We sometimes expect them to know that though. Mm-hmm. And so they'll go their whole life not seeing this. And to them, sacrifice. My parents ain't sacrifice shit. What are you talking about? Life was great. Like, I ain't never seen it. What are you talking about? What you? They won't. They may not get it. They're not going to come to you. The first conversation is not going to be, hey, I know y'all sacrificed a lot. Thanks. The first conversation is going to be, yo, pops, like, I'm in this situation, man. Like, how, how do I... How do I navigate this? Okay. How do I, you know, it's going to be like, how did you do it? Like, I got my wife here now, man. Shit is just kind of, it's just kind of rough. Like, how did did you, like, the first conversation is not going to be like, hey, I know y'all sacrificed a lot. Because they don't know that you did. They Mm. just, you know, Mm. they don't know that you did. They're from fucking pups to adults. And this is what their life has been. Damn, okay. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm trying to process it. I'm trying to process it. So... I had to it realize to I had to realize that we we sit here and we spoil our kids, right? We say we want to give them everything we didn't have, whether it's money, whether it's this, that, or whatever. For sure. But we expect them to understand the way that we grew up to appreciate what we're doing. And when they don't appreciate it, we always throw back to them like, "I had to walk to school with no shoes on," and I. But if they had shoes, their whole fucking life, and they always they, they don't give a fuck that what you talking about. This is the life that was made for them. So they don't they don't see life outside of the box that you already put them in with it. You get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do, I do. Because it, I guess I thought you were going a different route with it, right? So I thought you were going into the conversation of uh, I have an episode how to raise a cul-de-sac kid. And I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going that route, but you took it another route. Sort of, so, but sort of. It's sort of, sort of the same thing. Well, too. my concept of that show was that we raise our kids and we we make sure that they don't go through anything that we went through, mm-hmm. so we end up spoiling them and they don't know how to live life with the struggles, like the way we yeah. what we struggle through. Yeah, they don't have they don't know that because we 
sacrifice so they didn't have to go through that. But what I, I guess that, yeah, man. The I, flip side of that is everything that we're giving them as well is normal life to yeah, them, too. Yeah. So I guess that with that, right? So, like, I think I try to as... I think I think I try to as a father, right? I try my best, not always. I try to make sure that he's appreciative of the things that he has because of the sacrifice. Okay. Like, bro, why the hell are you tearing up these shoes? Me and your mother worked hard to get you those shoes, and you don't have to have those shoes. You asked for those shoes. You didn't have to have them. But now you tearing them up and you don't regardless of, you know, I try my best. Yeah. Not that I'm perfect at it, because course, like you yeah, said, sometimes we just it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think you're right though, man. I think that we do a lot of times we just do things naturally because we are an adult and we say we ain't going through that. We we have the expectation that they should know. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot yeah, of times yeah, we yeah, look yeah. at we look at our kids like that. And that was something that I had to end up learning myself. Damn, but point, I didn't bro. I didn't figure it out until my kids was older and I was kinda I was actually kinda sad about it once I realized it like like I was sad about the whole fact that I reached my emotional intelligence and all of this shit once my kids was older. Because I was like Man, I wish that I, I could have planted these seeds into them or who I am now and, and and the way that I moved as a parent when I was just a fucking kid. I'm 16, 17, young 20s and yeah. selfish and all of that shit, you know. And, I, and it's like, damn, once I finally figured it out, I looked at my kids and I'm like, damn, these niggas about to graduate high school. <laughs> and and I just felt sad about that but, shit, uh, but, man. But, but in, in fairness, though, like, yeah, you could have came through them through some deep psychological example and your emotional intelligence but I think you may have been doing it um, indirectly more so than what you probably know you know what I'm saying I have and I can say that it's beneficial to the kids now because the older two they come to me and we get to have conversations mm-hmm. now at a point where now they're experiencing life yeah. on their own because I mean a lot of times man I think that we've learned from people's imperfections more than we have learned from someone who is quote unquote perfect perfect Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and and through the struggles of like you know whatever we're going through or whatever someone's going through they see us overcome and they see us uh, go through the through the storms of relationships through the storms of finances through the storm they're learning they Mm -hmm. seeing that shit regardless Mm -hmm. if it's they're going to adopt those bad habits or they're going to say, yo, I ain't going to do what daddy and mama did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Regardless of whatever it may be, I think kids still learn. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, and it's, you know, uh, just through the actions and just seeing, just seeing mom and dad just go through mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So I know I, I know I did, bro. Like, just like, you know, through, through the shit my mother went through there's a lot of things i learned later in life that mm-hmm. i was like uh kind of like what you did yeah like damn after i went through all the emotions of like re- like regret or regardless of like like i ain't going to be like that or whatever it is mm-hmm. i stepped back and was like uh damn mm-hmm. i get it now you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah, man. Yeah. So, man, it was a uh, we. I know we talked about uh, the show that uh, the podcast, the pivot. When, yeah, uh, my man was on, bro. I kind of want to get get to that. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Okay. I'm down. All right. Before we move there, I want to say this last thing about the kids. This is something else that I've I've um, I've observed and I've seen 
So a lot of times Our biggest thing is To try to not give our kids The same traumas that we had Growing up mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. And a B. lot of times The episode I wish you was here with me and B had that conversation I wish I was too like, that, was, that was like a few episodes of y'all ago But go ahead go ahead. But a lot of times we focus on um, We focus on the things that actually did happen to us Or didn't happen to us And we make sure that we don't do those things In hopes that it doesn't create this trauma in the child Right And so When your kid comes to you And they're saying You know um, I feel Neglected or whatever mm-hmm. Your first thought would go to What happened to you when you was a kid That made you feel neglected And you're like I ain't doing none of that How you feel neglected mm. I, ain't, I ain't even doing none of that Like ain't nobody You know we, we'll end up doing that And so one thing I do want to tell parents is It's not about the actions You can recreate and pass down The same traumas and hurts mm. Without doing the same actions Because we focus on What happened to us when we was younger That made us feel the way that we feel And then you grow up And you do complete opposite with your child But you still create that same Trauma for them Just in a different way So you have to acknowledge Like validate your kids feelings And the shit that they saying Yeah And And don't just look at it as this ain't how sure, it happened sure. with you. And I think to the people who don't have kids, right? We can look at family members and we can look at friends, right? And and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Are you saying basically, like, I cannot take my insecurities and my traumas and look at King K's situation and throw like let's say you're going through what I think is something similar to what I went through. Mm-hmm. And what I do is throw everything that like everything that I've been through that's similar Mm -hmm. and say, throw it on you. Like, hold on. Like, I throw my insecurities on you. That and okay, I'll give an example. If you grew up and your mother said to you, let's say like you're a little girl, Mm. young man, whatever. Your mother said to you every hour on the hour, you ain't shit. Mm. You ain't shit You ain't shit Nobody wants you Nobody likes you And they just kept saying that And that created this trauma for you Okay, okay. You get older You have a child You never say those things to your child You make sure that you never traumas, say those yeah. But what you do is You may leave the child alone a lot The child wants to hang out with you Say no not now Not no and you do that and you start creating this in their head. They start and when they come to you and say, I feel like I ain't shit. I feel like nobody wants me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why would you feel like that? I never told you that, you know. Yeah, and so that's what I'm so saying. You like you those. create the same traumas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we're saying that like we don't want to put our kids to what we went through. Mm-hmm. And but you're just thinking about what actually happened and not the emotion that you felt. So you're basically not to create it's this. almost it's almost like you're triggered based off like if they come to you with a problem or if a person come and I'm trying to take it away from kids because everyone have kids. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know what I'm saying? So if a person comes to you or or you see something someone's going through mm-hmm. and they come to you or you hear something or whatever it may be and you say like you throw those traumas on them and it's like yo that ain't had nothing to do with that I mean 
because the kid had nothing to do with the parents' trauma. They just coming to them with their issues or whatever it may be. Oh no, oh, I don't feel like yeah. shit. So the parent says, "I didn't do this to you. I didn't. What happened to me?" They trying to throw the like basically my insecurities. I didn't do that to you. No. No, that's not why I'm going with it. But I get what you're saying is a whole nother topic too. Okay, that could be deep. I guess I was thinking. Okay, that, yeah, I that's not why I was going with it. So the okay, I got. I think I know what you're saying. So okay, check it. Let me let me let me let me bring it back. <laughs> Rewind. The mother went through traumas. Yes. She never put those traumas on the daughter. You said she didn't do it. The mother went. Yeah, she she went through trauma and she never put it on the daughter. But once the daughter came with issues, she did put the trauma on the daughter. She oh, was just looking. She, yeah, okay, okay. okay she okay, did okay, put the okay, trauma okay, on the daughter. Okay. She was just only looking at it from. My bad, my bad. My bad. Okay, I got you. I yeah, got you, got you. she was just only looking at it. From I thought a, you said she did it. I thought you no, said she, she did. No, she did. Ah, okay, okay, okay. My bad, my but bad. Sorry, a listen, lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, as, us as parents, we always look at what physically happened instead of. Um, the the emotional I got you. I attachment got you. to what happened, and we pass down the emotional attachment of what yeah, happened, yeah, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. we're not doing what was done to us. I got you. I got you. Okay, my you bad. Know. My bad. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay, but it, it, <laughs> we're not going to get into the other topic because that could go long too. But yes, Fuck other it, people man. do I mean, look through the lens of their traumas, and that's where they view the world through the lens of their traumas. <laughs> And so, and that is so, yeah. man, bro. They create, and they will view the world through the lens of their traumas, and they will judge, and they will do all the condemn and and all of this shit. Every nigga is, every woman is that, I, like, and they just looking through the world through the lens of their own trauma, yeah, and that's yeah. that's a whole other. And one of the things that I I think like was saying that man, uh, listening to like like you said, looking at the lens of the world through their traumas. A lot of times, man, that uh, and we kind of said it earlier, like they seek out other people's imperfections, and what they do is they use that as a foundation to support their insecurities. Yeah, you feel me? Like, oh, for example, I have my traumas of what I'm going through, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, I seek out things that I look in you as a friend mm-hmm. or as an enemy, whatever it may be, to justify my insecurities within my trauma. I look at you and be like, King K, why do you drink Tito's? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's fucked up. He's drinking Tito's. He, well, he got to drink a drink, a drink, a drink, a drink. You know, and I'm like, my problem is that my my I lost one of my friends was an alcoholic so we had an abusive relationship because of an alcohol mm-hmm. so I find my imperfection in you you see me drinking Tito's you're like, like yeah, this thing ain't yeah, a good friend yeah, man we yeah that motherfucker good- fucked up he drink Tito's <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> and it could be like your very first drink or you just drink every once a week or you just it, it has nothing to do with me it could be every time you see me I'm drinking but you only see me once a week and you don't Bitch, you don't even I, know that that's my drinking yeah. day <laughs> exactly <laughs> like or <laughs> like bitch I've been drinking water all motherfucking day yeah I've been drinking water all week this is my one drink you know what I mean and I don't see that though 
I see yeah. you drinking, so I just it it, it you automatically get triggered, and it makes me be like King Case, the worst person in the world. Yep. <laughs> Cause crazy. my partner that I was used to, I used to be cool with He was a fucking alcoholic yeah. And then we got Now this nigga over here yeah. Trying to be cool And drinking and shit Fuck that nigga I ain't finna be cool with that nigga Yeah When all you saying is Man I just wanna feel safe That's all you saying I wanna feel safe And you need to correct And with, correct that within yourself Don't use someone else To help you correct that You know what I'm saying My thing is I'm gonna have to step back And say I'm not allowing anyone else In this circle of trauma And the problems I have that I have nothing to do with And I'm just gonna be like Let me correct this shit Our problems with trauma Is most of the time We don't have a name for it Right And so Because we don't have a name for it We don't even know that we Have trauma or, Like we don't we, Like It took me a long time To realize I had Abandonment and rejection issues mm-hmm. But Once I found out The name mm-hmm. Put a name to my trauma And what I And what I went through that's when I was able to start healing from it. That's when I was able to start working on it. But if you if you don't have a name for your shit, you will just continue to move and look at the world the way that you do. You listen, I don't think uh, that there's bro, one person bro. that's doing fuck shit that don't know that they own some fuck shit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and they own the fuck shit for whatever the reason they own yeah, the fuck shit. Yeah, for whatever and, and my, they a lot just of times to they say, fuck shit ain't got nothing to do with me. However, what you're saying though, bro. A lot of times, having a name on the trauma mm-hmm. can be worse because a lot of times people don't know how to eliminate the trauma without eliminating the person. Because here's the thing. A lot of times that person is going to continue to be there. That name is always going to be there until they die. And even after that, that name is still there. Regardless if it's dad, regardless if it's mom, regardless if it's Johnny, regardless if it's Leroy, regardless if it's whoever it is, mm-hmm. that name is always going to be there, right? The name of the trauma or the name of the person who created who, the trauma. Created, and, 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 and okay. that's what I'm saying. So, okay. so if Leroy created this trauma in my life, fuck it. Skip Leroy. My mom created this trauma in my life. Mm-hmm. And... The trauma has caused me to have all these problems in my life. It's because my mom, the tra- the name of the trauma is mom. Okay. So it's caused me to have this, had this, had this, had this. I can't eliminate mom. I got to eliminate the trauma. So with that name on it, a lot of times people suffer more in it because that name or that person just never leaves. You know what I'm uh, saying? No, when I say name, I'm not saying the actual physical person. I'm saying like when I was like when I'm saying like the name for me was abandonment, abandonment and rejection. The, and that's, that's that's what I'm saying. The name of your trauma, not the actual name of the person who caused the trauma. But what I'm saying is, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you there. Yeah. But a lot of time it is that person who caused whatever that hurt is. Mm-hmm. And that person can, my, but you got to put a name to the hurt that they cause for sure. Yeah, for don't sure. hang on to the name of the person who who did the shit. But some you. people hold on to that, bro, because that yeah. person is that person who created it, regardless if it was abandonment, regardless mm-hmm. if it was uh, abuse, regardless if it was whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That person is still the person who created that. 
Mm-hmm. And some people just continue to go back to that person or that person continues to remind you or somebody who looks like that person. Or But no, you're right, though. I, I, I agree with your saying. Yeah. But I think there's another name for it. And some people can't let go of that. They can't let go of that person, bro, because sometimes they can't separate it. Because I'll give you my example. My mom caused the trauma in my life because of whatever the drugs, the drugs, the monster that became a part of my mom's life was the drugs. Mm-hmm. So within that, my mom caused multiple traumas, right? Mm-hmm. She caused the trauma of me with, you know, women. She caused the problem with me with whatever, all these different things, right? Mm-hmm. But it was her. So anytime I thought about the the things that I was going through, the traumas I was going through, there was a face on it. Mm-hmm. It was her face. It looked like your mom. Yeah. You feel me? So until still dealing with the shit today, but until I, and, and, and rest in peace, my mother. Mm-hmm. It's still that face there yeah. in that moment of when it was causing me the trauma that it caused. So I had to learn and I have learned every day is a fight, bro. I had to learn. And one way I had to learn is like I had to forgive her. And after I forgave her, it started becoming easier and easier to let go of some of these things. Still, still struggling. Mm-hmm. Shit, we ain't nobody perfect. You feel me? So, but there was a name that there was that person there. So I thought that's what you meant, but I mean, no. I think that's a part of it too, though. You know what I mean? It is, but I think no. What I'm saying is like the bigger, the bigger, um, the bigger name of what the trauma is. True, true. You know I what I mean? Right. Once you have a name for that, yeah, and so yeah. you say like, "Hey, my mom calls me." T-. So my bo- my pops, I couldn't escape the fucking name. I'm a junior. <laughs> you know what I? You know yeah. what I mean? And so. Man, but that's why he, I it, my, it, that's why a, I never I never gave my son a junior because I was like I don't want to take on my bullshit. <laughs> nah, see, but you a good dad. See, nah, you tried. I wasn't that. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't that, and I still ain't that. But I'm just saying, I still go through my struggles. But I didn't want him to have to adopt anything that theirs. That came, okay, got that you. came with theirs. You feel I, me? I, I You're Tyson. Be your be yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah. My pops, that nigga wasn't around and shit. And I, only, I used to say that shit. The only thing I know about my dad is that I got his name. I know his middle name because I got it. It's stupid. You know, but like he was the name, but for the what the what the trauma that was caused, it was abandonment and rejection. Mm-hmm. And then it built a sort of um, codependency. But and you, I just recently found that shit out. But but do you ever associate that, the, the foundation of that to your father? Um, yes. And, and okay. yes, okay. Okay. because there were other. So I felt and here's the crazy part about the shit. Right. Is that can we go into old boy with this? Who can we go? We into, might be able to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we might be able to segue okay, into it. Okay, so for me, it was, um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't there. Right. And. Like I was saying, how kids, whatever the life that they're living is normal life mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not having him there was a normal life. Going to my brother's house, his my brother's dad house on the weekends was life. Like I, I, I never had a fucking dad, so I couldn't. It was hard to even think to try to compare. You know what I mean? But I, I mean, a, a part of me knew. That like This ain't my dad You know But it didn't start kicking in Until uh, My other brother's father Was abusing my mom Mm. Once I was able to start witnessing that 
that's when it started kicking in that, man, there's, I don't have a dad to protect me. I don't have a dad here to protect us. From, I'm fucking terrified. I don't know if this man is going to kill my mom and come in here and kill us. And I don't have a dad to run to. You know what's in And the then it just started playing in my head that the only reason I don't is because he don't love me. Because so he look, don't want me. So you said, you said something that was key. And I want to ask you a question. I always ask people this. I always wonder when people... When was it and what was your age, if you can remember this, when when did you realize that the life you were living mm-hmm. was it normal? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, let me be clear. Let me, let me be clear. Let me be clear. <clears throat> Not that. So here's the thing. And, and, and I'll use me as an example and then maybe that kind of help you understand where I'm coming from. So. I knew when my mother got hooked on drugs that everybody's mom was not hooked on drugs. I knew that. Mm -hmm. However, I didn't know that the struggles we had financially, I thought it was normal. I thought everyone was going through what we went through. Mm -hmm. I thought we all was like, at one time when we was in, my mother was in the, we was getting, you know, welfare checks and when we was getting like standing in line for cheese and the government shit I, I was like that's what everybody's doing yeah and I didn't realize until we had free and reduced lunch like maybe I thought everyone did it in middle school or elementary school and then I remember in middle school I was like damn everybody don't get free <laughs> we had to give our name and shit mm-hmm. I was like eighth grade going into my freshman year in high school Mm-hmm. I didn't know everyone was not poor and not. It may have been my eighth grade year mm-hmm. because I played on a basketball team and we went over some kid's house. And I'm like, damn, everybody ain't poor. <laughs> <laughs> and that's old, bro. <laughs> I was like, damn, they got a swimming pool. I was like, damn, they're eighth grade, bro. What was when you realized? Man. <laughs> Damn, man! <laughs> I thought everybody was. I was like, shit, we all poor, but especially when I was young, young, I thought we was all poor, bro. When I was young, young, I probably felt the same way. I'm trying to think. When did I? <laughs> I always want to know that with people. <laughs> I don't know when it hit me because I went through. I remember. I remember when I realized there's more to life than Gary, Indiana. <laughs> I remember that moment. It and probably was an extracurricular activity. No, no, we was on a Greyhound bus down. Move. We moved down to Atlanta. My fifth, <coughs> my fifth grade year, mm-hmm. and I seen what we all see now is a fucking digital billboard. Mm. This was the first time. I've ever seen a billboard so big and digital. Like, what the fuck? And I just, I just remember seeing that and seeing all of the tall buildings and, and I'm like, that's that was the first time that I know I realized that like, man, it's more. There's more than. Mm. But we ended up moving to an area that was similar to fucking Gary. So we had this big, amazing fucking city. But we ended up living in the same. And even then, bro, our lights got cut off. And I remember 
plugging shit in because it was a socket right outside the apartment door. Because you know how you go in some apartments and yeah. then all the apartment doors is there, and the lights were off one winter, and we built a fucking tent in the living room. Mm. We plugged up a fucking uh, hair dryer, and we blew the air dryer up under the tent. Mm. And I never looked at it like I can't believe we lived so poorly. And the like because I, the be- I never looked at it like that at that time. And, and let me get you. Let me ask. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> because the beauty of that is your friend who lived down the street was doing similar shit to survive. I never even went to their houses, ah, bro. I and remember- they never came into ours. Ah, we, I bro, never I knew. Did. Like we never yeah, knew. Bro. I remember, bro. I remember going through the same struggles as what uh, the same struggles I was going through. My friends were going through the same shit. I was mm. like, oh, this is normal. Mm-hmm. I remember that's crazy because I remember, and we can go back to the conversation. But I remember when I was in elementary school, <clears throat> and I never, re- I never knew about people like. Stealing Quote unquote Borrowing electricity mm-hmm. And I remember The next door neighbors Had an extension cord Going from like Our crib From the outside of the crib To their crib And I remember I told my mom I was like They got an extension cord da, da, da. And she didn't get mad I'm like That's when I realized Like She, she probably did that shit Last month today mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what I mean Like that was a I was like damn Like I just start realizing Like And, and that, I seen that as normal Like mm-hmm. They took our electricity We probably borrowed That shit the next month You know what I mean I just never You know what I'm saying Like knew Like I thought we all just I thought everybody Was doing this You know what I'm saying So it's I, I, I like asking people Like when did you know You were struggling <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it's other people that let you know you're struggling though. That's nah, what I like. Man, Bro, when niggas when I, used to crack when I used to go to fucking when I <laughs> I'll tell you this. Okay, so now you got me thinking. I remember I remember going to my cousin's house. My cousin them but this but this was also sort of kind of normal as well because they always had nicer shit than us. Every all the time growing up mm. They always had nicer shit than us But it was one time bro That I got I got something I got something from my uncle And I wore this shit every day mm. Too big for me and everything And I wore this shit every day mm. My cousin always stayed with the new Jordans yeah. He always stayed fresh and all of that shit And I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm the shit now With this, with this <laughs> fucking fit Until the third time my cousin seen me you know, Wearing this well, shit you're welcome, <laughs> And he was just like Nigga do you have anything else to wear <laughs> And that was the moment that I was just like this this no this is bad this is terrible because he always i was like man this this because i thought i was just because i got some hand-me-down shit from my uncle and man but that moment when he said that i was like i gotta i gotta have fresh shit but this started my financial problems too see man i always (laughs) yeah exactly that's what they was going through see i always knew like i always known like cracking was never you were never immune to, I don't know y'all call it Jonah. What y'all call it in gear? Oh, uh, Jonah. Yeah. Okay, we call it cracking. You, okay. Yeah, you getting cracked on. So uh, it was never immune to. It don't matter how poor you are. Mm-hmm. So they can be like, 
damn, you got something else to wear? I know y'all ain't talking. Y'all got roaches. It was always like the yeah. poor of the we coming back. So it was like, damn, we yeah. all poor. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Not in that case. That nigga had on the new J's. He had on this motherfucking Jabos joints. I said, uh, yeah, yeah, they was getting it. Man, that, yeah, man. He, uh, they always stay fresh over uh, there. Man. Man, that's funny, man. That's yeah. funny, man. But anyway, man. Um, I don't even know how we got there, bro. I asked that question. You was going somewhere, bro. And we was going to relate it to the uh, conversation of Beasley. Uh, yeah, Beasley, man. Um, Am I able to pee real quick before we jump into that? Yeah, I could pause it. Okay, give me one second. Do your thing. Shit, an hour 14. Yeah. Station on a pivot. And just to give a little bit of background about Michael Beasley, Michael Beasley is someone who came out of high school as a as as like one of the top recruits who was basically um praised for his play. He was like one of the top dogs, you know what I'm saying? He was I wouldn't quite call it LeBron level out of high school, but however, he was one of the top players out of high school Mm -hmm. which was which was phenomenal he was he was a hooper Mm -hmm. anyway throughout this process of him hooping man he's gone through a lot throughout his life and it's affected his perception of how he was received to the nba Mm -hmm. and um anyway the pivot man they had a they had an excellent show with uh michael beasley and um, Michael Beasley, it, it was kind of interesting, man. Because if, if go, you guys YouTube it, it was a uh, it was it was a super great interview. Mm-hmm. They didn't and, even mean for it to go that way. It, that's what I was just getting ready to say, bro. Yeah. I think I think the pivot had a format of how they were going to do the show, mm-hmm. but the show turned into something totally different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, with that, man, Michael Beasley, uh, he basically became very transparent. Of basically everything he's gone through, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And um, with that being said, man, um, and, and, and really, if you want to, what I'm saying is just like I'm, I'm to me, I'm minimizing the greatness of that show, the interview. And I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed on how it ended. You kind of can tell that the way it ended, they had to edit it, and it was a little bit more, it was a little bit more depth to how it probably ended. But I think they chose a point of the interview on like it was like, okay, this is where we're going to end it. And we're not going to get any further into where, you know, what I mean, possibly possibly where it went. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, the ending was weird. Yeah. Yeah, man. But 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 with all that being said, man, um, what did you take from that? Take from that conversation, man. Like just just like the initial reaction that you had to it. My initial reaction to it is. So earlier, I was gonna comment on you saying it, but I, I just I didn't say nothing at the time. When you were saying like how you know how Eric has you know has the art of like the I don't give a fuck, right? And how you saying that like you're picking up on that, right? Me, I, what I was gonna say was I'm not that dude. I be giving a fuck, okay? You know, but I have to navigate through it. And so when I looked at that, right? I looked at him in that interview and I said, he is the very reason why I say I give a fuck because no matter how much he said, he don't give a fuck. Look at that man. He gives a fuck. That man was up there still full of the same hurts, pains, didn't trust nobody. He was like 
a fucking abused dog that you're trying to pick up and trying to love and trying to care for, but they just, you know, he that was that was him. And so I'm like, he keeps saying he don't give a fuck about what, but clearly, bro, you give a fuck. Yeah, that was one um, of the things I took away from it. Okay, okay. I think he expressed he gave a fuck. I think he. I think. Okay, I, I I I get where you're going. I get where you're going. I get where you're going. But I think he did express that he gave a fuck, and I think that's why he gave. That's I at think, some point in time I think he gave a fuck. I think that's why he was he became so emotional. I think he because was saying, I think he lived his career like I don't give a fuck, and I think this interview brought out. Damn, I do. No, nah, I don't think so. Okay, okay. When I was looking at hey, it, yeah, listen, yeah, I'm yeah. like. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I, I get where he's coming from, and I get because I remember I put in a group me. I said I would be this nigga just in the house by my motherfucking self, like just because mm. he's so okay. Due to the shit that I, how I grew up, right? I don't trust father figure type niggas. Okay, okay, right? real quick, hold that, hold that, hold that, hold okay. That. Let's be fair to the listeners and let's kind of give them a little background of what happened in this interview because they right at this point they don't they yeah won't. okay go ahead um so Michael Beasley um I kind of gave the background of yeah. his yeah yeah but he went through he went through a really fucking rough life um as a success people stole from him his own mother <sighs> stole that was from tough, him bro yeah. that was, I was like God. All these people were stealing from him. Um, I can't remember everything that he said that he that went happened while he was a child, though. All I think things. I think everyone. This is what I got from it. So no one cared about him as a child. They just cared that he played basketball. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He basically became a basketball player, and no one cared about anything else mm-hmm. other than he was a basketball player. And in his adulthood, all he became was a basketball player. Yeah. And in the midst of that, every and everyone listening knows that you can't just become a basketball player. So he basically became only that. No one cared about him. He had changed like seven high schools through his high school career he had been mm-hmm. to seven different high schools and it wasn't because of problems it was because like he was going on to play because he became a basketball player mm-hmm. that's all they valued him as all the way into the NBA that's all he became and throughout all of this struggles he never he no one else considered his traumas or his struggles because he was a basketball player mm-hmm. they're like we don't give a fuck about that play basketball mm-hmm. and so much so that he became only a basketball player and that's all he cared about a part of his life and like you said I think he did care more and that's where that pain came out through that show yeah and and then but like it was certain things that I was looking at like when when realizing that um, you don't have nobody but you like yeah. You know that that was something that I, I I felt for man because man did you have you ever like, felt that in your life though? Yes. Help me. Sometimes me I still feel that way now. Like I was just having a conversation with my old lady about oh, this shit, dude. Because, and this is why I knew that every like, like when the beginning of the episode when uh who's the host who's the main host? Uh, what's his uh, name? I cannot think of his uh-huh. name. 
Uh, but hold he on, was hold on, t- I'll tell you. Uh, Ryan Clark. He's a he's an ex NFL uh, defensive back. For the but Pittsburgh. he was telling him like, bro, this is a space that you can always come through if you just want to just mm-hmm. kick it. And he was, and you could, and even with the hugs at the end, like you could feel that he he hear what you. I hear what you saying, mm-hmm. but nigga, like you gonna have to show and prove. You know what I mean? And so it was like I I. I knew in them moments that everything that they were saying to him, like, bro, you can hit me up. You can come to my house. You can bring the kids. You can do this or whatever. In his mind, he's like, nigga, fuck out of here. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. But, nigga, ain't nobody ever been there for me my whole fucking life. So why the fuck would I automatically just start being like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I should know. Yeah. Like, them niggas are really going to have to fucking form a Voltron around this man and be consistent in order for him to stop believing that... All he got is him. He like he's he's not gonna express to them and keep saying this to them. He's just gonna live his life the way that he's been doing it in his house and all of that shit. They gonna have to show up to his house and pull him out. He's not gonna just pull up to their house, bro. Let me do something real quick. It's okay. so perfect. Okay. BJ and I were talking today. Me and BJ check on each other monthly. Mm-hmm. Bro, how's your energy? How you doing? I haven't hit him up in a while. I used to hit him up all the time, too, bro. Man. So check it. Life's we would got the life and yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, it may be every other month, but we check him. He hit me today, bro. And uh, we start talking about. Uh, I'm gonna call him, bro. I just asked him. Okay. Could he, okay. It's what you're saying. It's perfect. Okay, hold on. Okay. Yeah, call him. Uh, let me see. I ask him. Could I call? Let me put him on mic. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> What's going on, bro? BJ, what up, brother? Not much at all. Just uh, sitting back, going through some notes and stuff, trying to freshen up some skills. What's going on? Man, I'm sitting here. You actually are on the podcast, man, and hopefully you're okay with that. But I'm sitting here with King K. Me and King K are having this conversation, and I felt it was so necessary to call you because of the conversation you and I was having on text today. If you're okay with that, man, if not... We can hang up, man, and I and I love you, brother, and we can get out of here. <laughs> oh, no, bro, I'm all the time. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, man. No, first I got to be able to say what's up to BJ, man. What's good, brother? What's happening, bro? Not much. Just uh, trying to keep things afloat on my end. Number work. That's it for me right now. Bro, all right, <laughs> good man. So check it, bro. We was just talking about a podcast that we seen on a pivot, and was talking about uh, uh, Michael Beasley was having this conversation uh, with the pivot, and it was talking about his life. And King K was just saying something about how the three men around him are going to have to basically form a Voltron around yep. around Michael Beasley. To give him that safe place to be able to say, hey, I trust you guys. Yep. And I was like, yo, me and BJ was just having this conversation. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Man, go ahead and kind of like touch on that, bro. Because I know you said something in text, man. And I was like, I said, bro, you preaching, bro. But it was, I guess, like based off what King K was just saying, man, can you touch on that? And it's kind of like related to what we were saying. Yeah, well, for me, um, just kind of sitting in my corner and dealing with myself i realized that a lot of what we do as men is solely for the approval of women it doesn't represent any type of moral or integrity that we establish for ourselves we're constantly 
trying to prove things to people instead of getting to know and understand ourselves. So at certain points in your manhood, you just have to say, fuck how she feels about my truth. Right, you know, right. and it's it's hard to do because a lot of the people you consider when you subside yourself are definitely women that you love and adore. But um, it's just, it just gets old and it gets boring. And sometimes it gets frustrating to have to like dumb yourself down or reduce yourself to another person's standards and not fit yourself into your own livelihood and your own relationship. And, and, and I want you to go and touch on to the part of because he said this and then I responded with a response and I was saying like basically like you, I said something in a response and you said, well, what we're going to have to do as men, we're going to have to come together as men and say basically in so many words and you can you can correct me on this basically we're going to kind of like what you just said king k mm -hmm. we're going to have to come together as voltron together mm -hmm. and say nah bro you this is a this is okay for you yeah. to be kind of what bj saying yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah you definitely have to um touch and agree with your brothers because that's the only way we're going to establish our own support systems that's the only way we're going to understand how to be fruitful in other areas of relationships beside provision and protection that's the only way we can like pay these lessons and these these jewels that we acquire forward so you're not gonna you're not gonna really see it in the beginning because you're really just gonna be sorting out your own feelings but for the most part once you say out loud what you feel you affirm the next guy who's frustrated or not necessarily understanding why he feels the exact same way and that exchange happens and now we get to build from there the, the, the ground becomes common and now we get to say hey I ain't the only one that think or feel this shit but we don't have that space to do that because even the guys that you tend to look up to they kind of condemn other men too yeah they'll say like well real niggas do x y and z but who defines what real nigga means or what context you're using that in like who defines that like where did that come from to say that i'm any more or less than what that is so you kind of gotta you know just hash that out and have some real brothers around you that can pull those things out of you because it's there there you go and I think that's related to what I was saying, King K. You're saying they're going to have to create a Voltron around him to say, it's all right to feel like that, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what? I have. I felt like that. And then it comes to what, what basically BJ saying is like, we have to come to a vulnerable space to say, it's cool to be like this, bro. I feel like this, too. Or I, you know, whatever it may be, man. Saying so. all of that shit, though, ain't going to mean shit. You know, just like I, like I said in the group chat, mm -hmm. I feel... I feel Michael Beasley on this shit. Yeah. And so the best way to create a safe space is consistency. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they could say whatever the fuck they want to say. If he's already gotten his mind mm. that I can't trust nobody and I got to figure out shit on my own and Definitely. do it my own way, stop talking to me. If, if you really serious, you just start doing it. 
Yeah, but I think what BJ's saying, right? Mm-hmm. Once you are able to, here, here's the thing, right? If I'm with you, if it's us three in a room, me, you, and BJ, mm-hmm. and BJ becomes vulnerable in a moment to where he says, "All right, I trust you guys." Mm-hmm. He's given up his. He's given up his. He's given up that wall of yeah of of like defense, and he says, "Hey, man, this girl hurt me." She did this, she did that. And I can be like, bro, I went through the same fucking thing. And then you can be like, nigga, I did too. Now we come to this common ground to where it's not real nigga, real nigga, real nigga road. You know what I'm saying? We all like, damn, you been hurt too? You too? You too? Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Then there comes a trust within, right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm going to be transparent. Like, I didn't know y'all from the can of paint, bro, until this podcast thing. B hit up up. And then when I met with y'all and then y'all had like transparent moments and I felt safe. I told Mm y'all this before. I was able to be transparent with y'all and then Mm -hmm. y'all not judge. And then we got behind closed doors and y'all with y'all accepted me. And then y'all be like, yeah, me too. Damn, Mm -hmm. y'all too? Oh, cool. And then we got to this space of trust. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And I think that's what consistency, like you said. Yeah, it's consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always say, like, even when, um, you know, we were in, like, the the primal moments of developing each of our brands, like, it was the nights that kind of pulled me out and, the, you know, asked me the questions that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with putting out there. You know, hey you BJ. Hey BJ. Yeah. B- before you keep going, I was supposed to be there. I went to sleep. <laughs> 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 hey, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. We went and got some hot dogs at the hot dog place. <laughs> Where's the spot in Detroit? Uh, uh, where do we go, bro? To get the I'm hot dogs. Oh, you remember we all went to get me? You remember? Cause we set up the little little fucking thing up there. Yeah, the, and, and we I said, and, and wherever it was, right? It was the Coney mm-hmm. Dog, whatever the spot is in Detroit. And we was like, "Yo, did this nigga BJ be capping, bro, for the women?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then and then, some, and then one days. of y'all, I think Key came in and be like, "I'm gonna say something to this dog." Yeah, I'm gonna ask him. <laughs> I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna ask him. And I went to sleep, and they they would have had to ask you. <laughs> but yeah, but go ahead, know, bro. It was it was really uh, it was a really great moment for me because like at that point, I wasn't really reaching people. Like I knew exactly where the lessons came from, but I wasn't sharing the experiences that actually taught me the lesson. Mm-hmm. So in that situation where it's like, okay, I got to stand on what I stand on. And here's this guy who really don't believe what you're saying because it's not likely amongst men. Um, I had to like learn discipline in terms of women because if they if they can control you, you can't be a leader. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to learn those type of things. If they know that they can manipulate you with anything, you can't lead in no capacity. So, like, I know what I stand on, but I never really fully said where the lessons came from. And yeah. it, it took that moment of brother saying, hey, I want to really know, like, are you a fraud ass motherfucker or do you really stand on this? And it took those yeah. from that yeah. moment. It was it was then another moment in Vegas. We sat on, hashed it all out. I got to explain it. It was hella uncomfortable because I had never said that much in the public at that point mm. but then it was that moment where guys was like you know what I went through that I felt that yeah, this happened yeah, that yeah, happened yeah, yeah, yeah. and now I'm building brotherhoods and now we get to kick it 
And now we call each other whenever we think, okay, well, maybe BJ might know, or maybe Jones might know, or maybe King K might know. And now we hitting each other up and saying, hey, bro, I need to talk. Which, think about before those things happened. Where was your support system amongst men before then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I know, I, like I just, I told King K, I said, man, me and BJ, man, once a month, once every other month, man, how's your energy? What's up? We send a text, even if it's just a quick yeah. text, that's what it is, man, and I think that's, uh, and, and, and man, I, 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 I probably should have told you before, but I mean, it, it, timing is perfect, man, I, I guess I should have said something about being on the show, but, man, the conversation we had through text, it was like A1 with the conversation mm-hmm. we was having tonight, me and King K was talking right now, Yeah, man. for sure, for sure. Yeah, for man. For sure. Man, I appreciate it's you. good, man. It's always good. No doubt, man. Love, man. I appreciate you, man. And uh, man, you know, uh, you know, we, you know, like I said, man. Outside of like even just having this on the mic, man. You know what we do, man. We send that text, check on that energy, man, and, and keep it moving, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, brother. I appreciate, it. ladies and gentlemen. Look, All right, no for doubt, sure, man. Bro. All right, bro. y'all be smooth. No doubt, for sure, bro. Right, I had to, I had crazy, to do it because it was. Yeah, that, that shit did line up fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said when you started talking, I was like, oh, hey, I gotta <laughs> call. Me. Literally, we just texted today, bro. It was it was perfect, man. So, but now nah, nah, I still have that though. What's that? It's hard for me to one. It's hard for me to form father figure type relationships with niggas. Like when I feel like somebody's trying to like dad me. Okay. I immediately go into who the fuck you think you is, nigga. Explain that to me though. Like, don't don't try. Did you see the last episode of Bel Air? Yeah. Yeah. Which part? Which part? The last episode when they were sitting on the couch talking before the shit went went. Oh, 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 oh. you talking about when? Uh, when yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, like, hey, like uh, I don't know. It's just a, like it's just a certain. Energy that I be feeling from, and it could just be my perception. I could be See, completely you, wrong about it. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I, 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 I could be say, completely wrong about everything. I think what happened, what what turned in that episode was, I think he got too comfortable. Like, Lou. yeah. So, like, here's the thing. Like, look <laughs> at comfortable. In him. And I think that's what turned it. I don't think he was daddy him. I think he he. I always put it like this, man. When it comes down to when men come together, mm-hmm. right? I think you have to know your place and you have to be able to adjust to the energy of other men. True indeed. Okay, when I say dad me, I would say when I get older men that I don't haven't built a relationship with like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying yeah. to tell me what I should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, bro, who the fuck you think you yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. But I've also had situations where I have a man right now that 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 is trying to love me the best way that a father could. Mm. And I don't know how to let him. Mm. Okay, I got you. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know how to let him. Yeah, and so I think that's I when, know that I'm hurting him because he'll call me and I I, I won't answer. Yeah, and I know that, and so when I when I answer, he's just gonna tell me. He's not gonna tell me. He's just gonna make me feel like a terrible son. Is that your own insecurities, though? Yes. Okay. 
And so when I talk to him, he's just gonna be like, "Why ain't you did this? Why ain't you called me? Why ain't you come by and seen me? Why ain't you?" Yeah. And I don't know how to let him. Yeah, I got you. Be a father. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a little. That's a little deeper than what I was thinking. I was thinking. Um, uh, yeah, I get that. I was thinking so like when. Here, here, here's the thing, like, and I, and you may be able to relate, right? It's a group of men that don't know each other, mm-hmm. and we all trying to find that common place, like to mm-hmm. say, go somewhere with our wives, and everybody's like, hey, yeah, man, you like uh, football, yeah, hey, hey, did you? Uh, <laughs> who's top five? You know what I mean? That corny, yeah. the same old yeah. little trying to find that that equal, and most men know how to come to that common ground of being like, <laughs> eventually, like. Ah, he a cool nigga Like yeah. Most people get to that point To be like ah, I can hang with him Or he can come yeah. back Or But then it's always that That person who don't know How to come That just basically Like Kind of like Like almost try to Like belittle the The group of rest But like Ah oh, who does This nigga corny man Like mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like What I was thinking like what happened with Will and he got a little bit too comfortable or someone who gets a little too or the, the dude who drinks a little too much and he start telling stuff like whoa bro like hold up we can't fuck with him <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. but but nah man I think um I think all in all I think like you said man I think at the end of the day man and, and we say men we can talk about men and women or whatever like even if you got to be a group of people who are surrounding a friend. Regardless if it's a woman, regardless if it's a man, at the end of the day, forming that group of you cannot have and, and people who don't know, you know what I mean. People who listen, most people should know. When you say Voltron, all the pieces come together that make that yeah. one person. So yeah. if that leg is fucked up, they're not mm-hmm. going to stand. Yeah. So you got to come together and consistency is being able to be that person around that person as a friend and be like, yo. Hey, we got you, bro. And they have to do that with Michael Beasley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah. They're going to have yeah. to accept the fact that he's going to say, fuck out of here, get out of my yard. Yeah. They're going to have to accept that That's because that's him testing you. Yeah. Yeah. He's Dang. testing to see if you're going to really be there <laughs> for him through the dark times, through the hard times. When it's fucked up, are you really going to be there? And not only that he's testing it at times he may think that he doesn't need anyone because he's only he's the only time the times that he's been successful is when he didn't have anyone. But in that times of being successful and not having anyone, the shit was harder when you didn't have anyone. I can be this person to make it a lot easier for you, bro. But bro, you see that pain that he was going through through that whole episode, yeah. man. He wants somebody. He just don't feel like there's nobody. He just feel like it ain't nobody. That's it. He won't. It's, it's just like most people in bad relationships. They don't want the relationship to end. They just want it to be different. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, he wants somebody, mm-hmm. but this is the only way that he feels safe right now. Even if it looked crazy mm-hmm. to everybody else, he feels safe. Mm-hmm. And so he going to stick with that until you show him something more safe than what he's already created for himself. Yeah, man. And I think that's, I mean, you know, and going to that, man, and I was just like, you know, why it hit me so hard? And, and to be to bring it up, I guess that's where I was going with. The reason why it hit me so hard, man, in, that, in this conversation, man, like Michael Beasley didn't directly hit me as far as like I went through what he exactly what he mm-hmm. went through. However, his traumas and his pains, I can relate to that. Yeah, because of like 
a lot of shit I had to do was like I had to do it on my own, bro. Yeah. Like I had I had to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So when it was time to um to allow people in, there was a trust factor. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I had trust factors regardless if it was a coaches. And it and here's the thing, bro. Men know how to back up when they see another person is not allowing them in. Mm-hmm. Women don't see it as easy. <laughs> they see it as a challenge. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you trying to close up on me? Let me well, go on and get into women's defense. It's because they 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 are nurturers, mm-hmm. especially when they know that you're going through something. Mm-hmm. And to people like myself, and when I was going through those things, I knew that about women. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I may have one taken it for granted. Mm-hmm. I may have abused it. Mm-hmm. I may have not appreciated it, taken it for granted, not appreciated. Same thing, whatever. Yeah. I may have just basically like knew it in my arrogant stance. Mm-hmm. Like I would just be like, but it was it wasn't me being that way. It was basically it wasn't being that way because like I wanted to hurt them. I was basically doing what Beasley was doing. Like, I'm pushing you away so I may hurt you to push you away. I may not appreciate it to push you away. Like, I never would hold a woman's hand. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like want to be affectionate. I knew that's what they wanted, but I didn't know how. So I would be like, I knew that's what they wanted and I knew that's what they cared for. But I'd be like, nah. So I knew it was going to push it away. Mm-hmm. Or I, I just would fight with myself knowing that I knew it, mm-hmm. but nah, hell nah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's other things. That's just a small example of mm-hmm. what it was, but mm-hmm. I would push it away. But that all came from the main trauma that caused yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, man, I get. I felt. That's why I felt him. No, nah, and I felt him the same way. Like the whole, the whole doing shit on your own. Yeah. That was one of the biggest parts that I ended up getting from it, man. Because, nigga, that's how, man. I I had a conversation with my old lady about this shit too. I said, man, this man shit, husband shit, father shit, all of that, mm. man. I'm learning this shit the hard way. I ain't got nobody <laughs> that I can go to and ask. You had no on the job training, <laughs> bro. Not even just that. Like niggas that I, mean, I can no. go to, like nigga, he beat his bitch up. So if I come to him with a problem that I got going on to my shit, he be like, nigga, she still got two good eyes. Let like me, these ain't niggas that I should go talk to. Let me let me let me, cha- <laughs> let me change what I was saying. You're on the job training. You ain't had that yes. training before you jumped on the floor. Of course, <laughs> nah. And then. I ain't got no coach to go to either. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm just out there on the motherfucking flow. Figuring ain't out. never played this sport in my goddamn life. And I'm I'm and I'm trying to figure it out. And then, and I'm telling him like, man, I this is why I probably make more mistakes than but you <laughs> your know what, average or so, man, because I'm really figuring all of this shit out by myself, man. And everybody listening, man, and I know everybody. Here's the thing, man. We think that when when you were going through that, mm-hmm. excuse me, when you were going through that and a husband, likewise, mm-hmm. when we were going through the learning on the job, 
we look in the mirror and be like, damn. But in the reality, most people are going through what we are going through. Yeah. There's a super small percentage of people who had training before they came on a job. And yeah. even when that training, I always tell people, man, in the firefighter in the firefighter world, what we go through, man, we go through all these trainings, bro. We go through all these trainings, man. We got to take multiple tests. You got to get your certification for this. You got to get your certification for that. Like shit you got to like do this. Thing. As soon as you jump in that bit, they be like, man, fuck that book. <laughs> 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 and I think that's what be happening yeah. when we think everybody like he had a good dad. His dad was a great husband. Man, fuck that. You going yeah. through what you going through, bro. <laughs> it's the trust factor. Yeah. Like I've grown to a state of I don't want to tell my business to somebody that can't help me. Like that's that's <laughs> that's the state that I've grown to. If all you going to tell me is that shit crazy. Now I feel like I'm just gossiping. <laughs> man, you know what? I think we are some of the most dangerous men. And at the same time, once you crack that, we are some of the best men. I'm I'm saying the ones who had to figure it out on their own. Man. Who had to basically, we fucking like from fifth grade, I had to fight on my own. So therefore, I had a lot of trust issues. Mm-hmm. But once we become that person that will ride with you, mm-hmm. we go. We go. You yeah. know, we go hard. Even in yeah. the times of hurting you, we fucking going to go hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be that person that'll fucking be like, yo, I got, I give you all of it. You know what I'm saying? At the same time, we still be that person. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, I think it's. That's why I take my friendship seriously. Like if you somebody yeah. that knows me yeah. and you know my shit, mm-hmm. man, don't betray me. Don't don't fuck me over. Don't See, do no don't am, like don't do because I'm ready to fuck you up now because yeah. I don't fuck with people like that. See, my, and you somebody I let until yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. See, I'm like that, bro. I'm like I'm, I'm giving. I'm giving. I, man, I think um, and not to be cheesy, man, but uh. I remember, uh, damn, it was a Big Daddy Kane line, man. Back when I remember, he was like, uh, damn, what the fuck was it? Uh, uh, it was perfect to like who we are. He was like, uh, I cried when Cochise died on um, Beach Street. Damn, what the fuck is the lyric, bro? <laughs> Ah man uh, Anyway man I gotta find a lyric But it was almost Kind of like Yo I I fuck with you I fuck with you But if I don't want you uh, You know what I mean And I'm the same way bro Like I I forgive easy I forgive I forgive And once I just get that point To where I just literally Just like I'll cut you up I have a high school friend man Fuck I just You know what bro Fuck you Yeah And I don't care anymore yeah, but I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, mm-hmm. and once I get to that point of fuck you, it's fuck you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think it just goes to a lot of like what we, you know, where mm-hmm. we came from. But the irony is, I try to be open and transparent, and and all of these things in hopes that other people feel comfortable <laughs> being open and transparent and all of those things. But at the same time, I'm still like. Nah man I don't fuck with people like that I don't like people I don't trust people They, I, I, I really don't like people I don't Yeah I got the people that I do man And I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the type I'm cool man. with the ones that I got Yeah man I, I, I am like I try I try And I will give you the benefit of the doubt But once you show that mm-hmm. God nah you ain't right yeah. And it could be the smallest thing that you do That is just making me like Huh <laughs> I'll, change, I'll, I'll change the way I look at you forever until yeah. you show because you were consistently this person. Yeah. And then you did this one 
one minor thing. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, you showed me what you would do when you under the pressure. Mm. <laughs> you know, so. Yes, sir. Man, shout out to BJ, man, for taking that call, man. KK, man, we have, this has been a great return episode. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you pulling up, man. I knew it would be, man. That's what uh, I, I knew. I, that's why I reached out to you, bro. I knew, I knew we would. Yeah, man. I knew this content would be. <laughs> You know what I mean? All Already. <laughs> yeah, man. So, man, thank you guys for listening, man. We appreciate it, man. King K, man, listen to the Drunken Nights. We've said it a thousand and a million times. You guys have been on plenty of episodes, man. King K, real quick, where can they find you? Y'all can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, wherever you consume podcasts. All you got to do is type in The Drunken Nights, and that's Nights with a K, podcast. And y'all going to be able to find us. Or if y'all just want to have more intimate conversations with us y'all can text us at 317-426-8123 and we'll respond to you quickly yeah and um i'm telling you this man if i ever quit the stakes is high podcast i will be the fourth night i'll be over there (laughs) (laughs) yeah man but man if you uh listen to the stakes is high man we appreciate you tuning in every each and every week uh, man, it's good to be back. Uh, first episode back. Uh, please tune in to The Stakes is High. You can find us at, if this is your first time listening, maybe your last. I don't know. But if it's your first time and you want to continue to listen and somebody, you just found us on the spur of the moment and you just was like, oh, what is this? And you listen to us, please, man, find us on all the social media platforms. That is Twitter. That is Instagram And that is Facebook And we are the Stakes is High Podcast um, If you want to email us If you have any concerns If you have any fact checking Checking and all that good stuff If you do just want to be a guest on the show If you know someone want to be a guest Please hit up us up at StakesIsHighPod at gmail.com And if you want to continue to listen to all 200 and whatever episodes You can find us on most uh, podcast platforms that's on uh, Apple Podcasts, that's on Stitcher, that's on SoundCloud, that's on iHeartRadio and Google Play. You know, we're based out of Indianapolis, and man, these are our brother state, uh, the brother, um, damn, the <laughs> Drunken Knights. Yeah, these are our brothers, man, and you can listen to them, man, and you know, go, go, go check them out, man. Um, little, we the yin and the yang. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our podcast is a lot more cussing. There's a lot more bitches in there. And they know that. Yeah, yeah. But, so, you know. but it's fun. It's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <honest> conversation. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, listen to that and chill. TC will be back soon, man. And uh, man, shout out to my brother, man. Uh, like a, like I said, it's a new journey. He has a new gig, and yeah, he's back when he's back. You know what I'm saying? All right. Thank you for listening to Stakes is High Podcast. Peace.